He's going to join us right now. And there is the former shortstop of the Oakland Athletics and New York Mets and, of course, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, number 14, Mike Bordick. He joins us, Stan the Fan and Craig Heist. How are you, Mr. Bordick? I'm great. How you guys doing today? Good. We're doing good. We're doing good. And actually, it was the Oakland A's, the Orioles, the Mets, and then yes, the Orioles yes, again. Yes, I know. Yeah, I knew okay. that. In I that knew order. That. I knew right. that. I knew that. And then, and then the Blue Jays at the end. That's right. God, You're right. I did not remember that one. Yeah. I did not remember that one. All right. Mike, how has your offseason gone so far the past four and four plus weeks? It's been going very well. Yeah, really well. I've been able to uh, catch up with my family a little bit. And I know you guys know with um, baseball season, um, you got to kind of reintroduce yourself because it's such a grind through the course of the uh, long year. So being able to catch up on some of my kids' sports, I uh, got to watch my freshman at Friends win uh, the JV Soccer Championship. Congratulations so- on that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun, and the uh, even the friends uh, varsity teams in the championship tomorrow. So, hey, stuff going on. Hey, we had you on back in midsummer, and at that time, I, I totally understood. I was putting you on the spot, and I asked you. I said, "If if Buck Showalter is not back with the Baltimore Orioles, would you have some interest?" And you, at the time, you really poo pooed it, and. And it was unfair to put you in that spot of projecting Buck not being back. That said, here we go again, but here Mike. We, but here we go. Now I can put you in that spot with the with the proviso that nobody is in position yet that could hire you. But it was interesting as soon as it did go down that Buck wasn't going to return. You did. I know you were asked by a lot of media members that have become friends of yours and that cover the team if you would be interested in that position now and you unequivocally said you would be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, there's something to be said with familiarity, obviously, with the organization. Um, and I know that the Orioles are trying to do, you know, basically this whole rebuild and structure it around new faces and things like that. But there has to be some sort of commonplace and, and knowledge of the system. I know that Brian Graham is still uh, in place, and he – He's been around as long as anybody and really has a good feel for every aspect, I think, of the organization. So, you know, him being there obviously keeps the uh, organization heading in the right direction. And and I've experienced a lot of good times and, of course, bad times on uh, both sides of the ball with the Orioles. So in that kind of experience, um, I think that can be beneficial. Mike, we are a couple of weeks into now, well, one week now since the World Series ended, uh, and, and a lot of things are going to start to take shape here. But from the Orioles' organizational standpoint, how long can they wait, knowing that the winter meetings are a little bit less, or actually a little bit more than a month away, how much longer can they wait before they get some structure in place here with, uh, 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 you know, a director of baseball operations who hires the GM, who hires the manager. Yeah. You know, unfortunately I think it's, it's past due. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, just, I, I just feel like, wow, this should have been done a, a while ago, but I think there may have been things that have happened in this process. Um, that, that kind of, you get hung up on, you know, I don't know if there was intent in, in letting both Dan and Buck go initially. I mean, nobody really knows a lot about what's going on. So really, 
everything that we say is kind of speculation. So for even us to even speculate that it should have been done a while ago, you know, I, I think everybody agrees in that. And I would even say that ownership agrees in that regard. You know, that things yeah. would have been better off done six months ago. But but it just doesn't work that way sometimes. And obviously, uh, you know, when you bring it to the end, then you got to wait for the championship series to be over. And then, you know, and then you start to get things going. So, you know, hopefully when things do fall in place, they, they really start going because, I, you know, it's disappointing that things aren't in place today, but when they start moving, I think everybody's going to start feeling that, all right, let's go. Yep. And, and just feel that sense of building and, and growing. And that's the exciting part about, you know, the rebuild, just the process. And once it starts getting underway, you can feel the wheels turning and, and you just feel better about the, the team and, and organization. And obviously that's what everybody's hoping for. Hey, Mike, um, this is not meant as a criticism to Dan Duquette or Buck Showalter. And I've written a piece on our website a couple of weeks back that in the end, I thought what did both of them in, because I think they're both very talented people, is their their sort of internal sniping and resistance to what the other was doing. You, you've been around some winning teams and you've been around some losing teams. If you could compare the old days of Tony La Russa and, say, Sandy Alderson, who was running things in Oakland, I think, when you were there, and maybe Pat Gillick and Davey Johnson, and compare that to Buck and and Dan, uh, the importance of not necessarily being 100% in agreement at all times, but at least not being so resistant to what the other guy is proposing. Yeah, well, um, I, I think uh, they're all different. Yep. <laughs> Very different, for sure. I, I think... I was kind of spoiled, and a lot of people were, but you guys probably remember the A's back then were, at the time, I think, considered probably one of the stronger organizations in all of baseball. And it, no it, question. They of the World Series, yep. they lost, and then they, then they won, and then, you know, they were back again. So they had strengths throughout the organization, and I think the key really was that true continuity between ownership the general manager, Sandy Alderson, and Tony La Russa. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like they were all on the same page. And I mean, really the exact page. Now, behind yep. closed doors, I'm sure there was stuff going on. I mean, they made some big moves, those those guys. You know, trading Jose Canseco, are you kidding me? I mean, that was like the, a blockbuster. That was just blew everybody's mind. But, you know, they stuck with it, and they ended up making it to the postseason. So, you know, that kind of stuff uh, happens. But... When you get everybody pulling in the right direction, as, as the A's did, you end up building a pretty special thing, and the yeah. A's did it. They yeah. traded now, they they traded Canseco when the Orioles were out in Oakland. I remember that. Yeah, and yeah. I was there for that and covered the whole thing. For, Where was he traded first? To Texas. Texas, yeah. 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 And, in fact, it was yeah. funny. It's funny. Bottom of the first inning, he's out in the on-deck circle. In the Oakland Coliseum, they don't have, they don't have tunnels from the actual dugouts to the to – the, clubhouses you have to walk back up through uh, a, a ramp at the back end behind the plate mm-hmm. and uh and and it was funny it was in the on deck circle and then all of a sudden you saw him leave start hugging some people and then walk up out of the stadium yeah 
Yeah. We're talking with yeah. Mike Bordick. We're talking with Mike Bordick, mass and color analyst and former major league player for a number of years with both the Oakland A's and Baltimore Orioles and, of course, the Mets and briefly for the Toronto Blue Jays. Mike, I couldn't agree more with you about the way you said it. It's really about everybody being being on the same page publicly and 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 showing unity at the important times. And I think that's been uh, unfortunately missing out of the Orioles. And I think that that's what gives me the most optimism about looking at the future is I think the boys really have that in mind and want to put somebody that they can trust in charge uh, and get this thing where all the oars are in the same direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think, I think, uh, you know, Pat Gillick and Davey Johnson, and you mentioned those guys as far as, uh, you know, they were both competitors and they, they were a big reason why I actually came to Baltimore because it just seemed like they had that same feel yeah. that the A's had. And, and then all of a sudden there was, uh, obviously some disruption there and, and then the wheels fall off, fell off of that wagon. And I, I wasn't privy to a lot. I just know that on the outside, I felt like it had that same feel mm-hmm. that the A's had. And, and then, you know, when you lose that type of, of feeling and that type of continuity, then you see what happens. The Orioles went into 14 years of darkness, yep. you know? So I think it is special that, that teams, and especially from an organizational standpoint, at least everybody's on the same page. There might be disagreements, but, you know, behind closed doors, you better be together through it all, you know? And, and especially nowadays, outside of closed doors, socially, if, you know, if you disrupt the media, the media can wreak havoc with an organization and really pull and play sides, and that's what ended up happening with fucking Dan. Yeah, no question about it. Hey, Mike, moving on to a different topic, MLB Trade Rumors, the website, every year around this time they do it right after the World Series, they list the 50 most attractive free agents and their prediction as to where they're going to go, how many years, and how many dollars. I just wanted to get your uh, initial opinion. They came out with it yesterday. No surprise, they got Bryce Harper as the number one free agent. They have him going to the Dodgers for 14 years, $420 million. I remind you, he's 26 now, and I kind of chuckled at that notion. So that'll, that'll take him to age 40. <laughs> that'll take him to 40. And then they've got number two, um, a guy we know pretty well around these parts, Manny Machado, going to the Phillies for 13 years and $390 million. Do you see those length of contracts being remotely possible for these players to, to get? Keep in, keeping in mind that uh, Manny will have to uh, adhere to the Jack Benny rule, which is once you're 39, you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I think that the last two, the last two off seasons right. have really surprised some people. Yep. I, I just feel like people are going to be surprised again. Yeah. I just think those type of deals are just not going to be here anymore. And I think both players in in ways hurt themselves in showing that they probably don't deserve those type of deals. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly so, what you mean. 
Yeah, so uh, I would really be surprised. I mean, that would blow my mind if somebody got a, 10, a 13, 14-year deal, but it, it seems like I'm surprised quite often uh, when it comes to contracts. I see Machado getting about a six or seven year contract at the at the tops, and Harper maybe a seven or eight year deal. But I don't think baseball, the industry, uh, I don't see any organization making an exception to these two guys for that that kind of term. Uh, the dollars per year, yes, but the term, I just think it's insane. Yeah, yeah, I I can't see it. It seems like organizations, you know, the Orioles are fighting that right now with their high payroll players. You know, it keeps, it it handcuffs an organization. You know, the inability to make moves now, you know, we're obviously talking about Chris Davis, his contract. You know, they would have loved to have dumped that contract, but nobody wants that. And so they've got it, and they have to make the most of it. So... You know, and it hurts him in this situation right now. It's not ideal for a rebuild, you know. And I don't think teams want to want that type of burden. Yeah, you might win a World Series or, but two, you hope for that, obviously. But ultimately, you're going to be stuck for a long time. And and I don't know. Forty, I don't forty. Agree with those years. Forty. Yeah. Let me ask you this then: with what the the year that they're both coming off of. We we know that that Harper had a real tough first half. Hit two fifteen, although his power numbers were still pretty respectable. In the in the second half of the season, he wins the home run derby at, at Nats Park during the All Star game, and then and then he takes off. He winds up hitting about three fifty, a good portion of the second half. Winds up at two forty five. First time in his career, he's had a hundred RBI. We know what kind of numbers Manny put up for the year. Uh, I think they're pretty similar to Manny type numbers that we expect, but uh, you know Manny's shenanigans in the postseason and his uh, interview with Ken Rosenthal saying, you know, well, I, you know, sometimes I don't hustle. That's just me. I mean, how much of that is a turnoff to guys? And I think we lost him. I think we lost Mike Bordick. All right, all right. Uh, I can answer. I can answer that question real quickly. All right, go ahead, Bordy. <laughs> hey, hey, Craig, how are you? It's great to talk to you. Well, you would think you yeah. would think that some GMs look at that. It, what would happen with with Manny during the postseason, and then some of the words that came out of his mouth. Uh, you, you know, there's it's there's... it's very hard to justify to your fans. Right. That, I mean, we know that there's not a fan base in America that wouldn't be excited to add Manny Machado, but. There, there's definitely a part of you that that wonders how this will play. Well, I don't out care. On the market. I don't really care what you have to say. I'd rather hear it from Mike. <laughs> I don't. I don't care what I have to say either. Mike, we got you back. Hey guys, I'm sorry. That's okay. We're gonna. I'm sure you have heard the the buzzer going off. I'm try I have to go pick up my son, and so. Uh, All right, we're gonna make this quick. Let, Craig has one though. more question. I just, and we'll I, just let you go. I just ask you know we know what kind of season Bryce had. Bad first half. Good second half, uh, Manny with uh, his numbers this past year, but then some of the things that he was uh, quoted as saying in the postseason about hustle. How much of that do you think factors into anything? Well, I, I think that's personally. I think it should factor into everything. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> if you can do it and then hoist the trophy at the end of the year, all right, you got me. But 
neither one of them have hoisted the trophy, right? Yep. And and I think uh, there have been a favorable situation, especially for Bryce. Listen, I'm a Bryce Harper fan, but that team was just loaded for five years. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're going to be the best player, you better you better win something. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you better. I mean, that's yeah. just my own personal opinion. And, and I. And it's you know, a good and point. I think Manny brings a lot to the table as well, but I think, you know, what he did in the postseason is is unacceptable, and I just don't think you should be rewarded for that stuff. And hopefully, I know a lot of teams. There isn't going to be any kind of collusion there. I just think a lot of teams already got turned off. Yeah, with that, I would agree. I would agree. Hey, we're going to let you go. I promised you 15, 16 minutes, and we got you out in time. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you as events warrant, Mike. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Thank guys. you very much for coming on. All right, there you, you go, it. Mike Bordick.